Tonight we reflect on our Lord's second word from the cross. Amen, I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. As I read the text leading to the statement of our Lord, I will pull from both Luke and Matthew. Luke, when they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him and the criminals there, one on his right, the other on his left. From Matthew, the revolutionaries who were crucified with him also kept abusing him. Luke, now one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God, for you are subject to the same condemnation? And indeed, we have been condemned justly, for the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes. But this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied to him, Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. This word is salvation, redemption. Our Lord reconciling with a broken man. It's the heart of our faith. We pass it on to others. That's what we teach. You are a sinner in need of help. And Jesus can offer that help. This man is a sinner. And when we put both of these Gospels together, we see at the beginning of their time on the cross, he is attacking our Lord. He's reviling against him. He's abusing him, as everybody else around him is. But something changes. Some conversion takes place in just those few hours that they are on the cross. It's worth our contemplation, our time and prayer, just trying to wrestle with that scene. Trying to understand what happens. There's, of course, much we don't know about the cross, but was it possibly the words that we contemplated last week? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. As we thought last week, those who were on the cross insulted and attacked everybody around them, including themselves, cursing the days in which they were born. Yet our Lord speaks in mercy and kindness. And perhaps that is what caught this man's attention. Perhaps that is what changes his heart. It's important again for us, I think, to pray with this scene. Because aren't we that sinner? Aren't we this man? Every time we sin, every time we choose ourselves, are we not cursing God? going against him, putting ourselves above him. Therefore, we need the grace of mercy. We need that same grace that led to his conversion each and every day of our lives. And praying with this saint in the making, as tradition holds Saint Dismas, can help us better receive God's love in our own life, deepen our own conversions, our own daily pursuit of Christ.
Fulton Sheen proposes. It was a thief's last prayer, perhaps also his first. He knocked once, sought once, asked once, dared everything, and found everything. This could be us, this should be us. Again, we daily sin, we daily fall. But every day we can turn back to the Lord and ask for forgiveness. Every day he will offer it. Every day he will reconcile with us. One of the heights of this reconciliation, of course, is in the sacrament of confession. Our Lord says these same words. You can once again have paradise. You can be restored. And in the change that takes place in Dismas's heart, shows us that just opening himself up to God's grace makes him very intimate with our Lord. In Luke's Gospel, no human being calls Jesus by name. It's Master, Teacher, Lord. Up until this point, the only person to call Jesus, Jesus, are the demons. And so if all of those who are close to the Lord, all those who have been following him, not one of them has called him by name. And yet this sinner, this thief or revolutionary, does. In his opening himself up to grace, there's a connection that is made immediately. The heart speaks to heart. Reconciliation happens almost immediately. And of course, especially in this moment, it's good to remember that Jesus' name means the Lord saves. That's exactly what our Lord is doing at that moment. It also shows that he understands on some level what is happening. Remember. It says, remember me. It's the exact same word our Lord used the night before. When he said, do this in remembrance of me. The same words that we use at each and every Mass. It's a word that echoes throughout the Scriptures, pulling together all of the hope, all of the anticipation that's built into the life of Christ. They get on some level, level by grace. It seems that this man understands on some level that Jesus is the Lamb, that he's a sacrifice. This word would have been tied to the temple sacrifice, and at the heart of that is relationship to God. Putting herself back in a place to be able to worship, to adore, to draw near. Again, that is exactly what Dismiss is doing at that moment. And our Lord is the sacrifice. But doesn't this man also get to share in it at the same time? by offering his heart. Opening it up, just as our Lord has called us to do throughout the ages. Our Lord does not desire sacrifices, but a contrite heart. That's exactly what Dismas does. He says, when you come into your kingdom, this man may not know the Our Father by the words, but he knows it in his heart. The words that Jesus taught his followers to say, Thy kingdom come. 
He knows that it is near. He knows that he is close. And how he longs to enter into it. And then our Lord's response. Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Today. Every time it is used in Luke's gospel, something very profound is going. It's one of the ways in which Luke calls attention to the scene. It's his way of saying, pay attention, this is extremely important. And again, how important is this, the great summary of our salvation? The great opportunity this man has to enter into it. Every time we approach the altar, the sacrifice to the Mass, and by extension, adoration, we are in paradise. It is here in our midst, already present, but not fully realized. The great grace that is given to us on a daily basis, if we would take advantage. Paradise. This word is only used twice in the entire New Testament outside of this use. Second Corinthians, the book of Revelation. Both of those accounts go back to Eden, where God walked with Adam and Eve, where he was close to creation, where we were able to live very close to our God, sharing in his work. How much distance was able to do this, especially when he entered into his heavenly reward? Our hope, our desire. What is the central part of the Garden of Eden? The tree of life. The new tree of life is the one which our Lord hangs. He offers himself. Summarizing the entirety of the Old Testament, the exodus of every sacrifice, every stumbling, every reconciliation, every time that God's people returned to him. Jesus, in this moment, in these very few words, I said that everything that we have a people have hoped for for thousands of years is now yours. It is my gift to you. Again, those are the words that our Lord wants to say to us. As we go deeper into our Lenten journey, as we continue in our adoration, if not as we continue to stay for Stations of the Cross, these are the words that our Lord wants to say to us. The paradise is ours. Their God is reconciled with us. That we get to know him by name. Don't take these gifts for granted. Open yourself up to them. And let our Lord's heart speak to yours.